CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ Markets and on this expiration Friday. The guys here getting ready behind me. While they're doing that, here's what's coming up on the show. Don't hang up on AT&T and Time Warner because the options market is betting that shares of tea are ready to take off. We'll tell you how to play it. Plus, there's been no hotter trade than the home builders. But there's something in the charts that suggests the group may soon cool. We'll explain. And later, Square is now a $17 billion company. And that's why we have a way to buy it for less than two bucks. We'll explain. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins right now. And let's get right to it because as media merger talks heat up, the biggest deal of all, AT&T's $83 billion bid to buy Time Warner, remains in limbo with the Department of Justice poised to try and block the deal. Those stocks have been on a wild ride, so are there any signs that it might get through? And how should you play these names? Let's get in the money right now. Dan. Yeah, so you, know, you guys just had that great segment about all those different media companies, and it really is the Time Warner AT&T deal that kind of set this whole thing off. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, there's a bit of a frenzy in the very near term. It seems like there's some companies that have put their assets up for auction for all intents and purposes. And I think one thing is pretty certain, no matter what happens with the AT&T Time Warner deal, that's really going to dictate a lot of these other deals that happen. I think this deal gets done. I know earlier this week, the probability of this thing getting done was less than 50 for the first time since it was announced last year. But to me, I think it makes a pretty safe bet now. I tried to take a shot on Time Warner a few weeks ago. That didn't work so well. And now I want to go back to AT&T, a name that we've talked about on the show before. It's down about 19% on the year. It's down about 13% since uh, early October. You know, there was an earnings disappointment where they had greater than expected um, churn in their TV group. And then some of the uh, some of the, the churn and wireless wasn't particularly great. But here's the thing. The stock now is down at a level. Where I think it makes sense to, to be a little contrarian. It makes sense to define your risk. I think you need to give yourself some time. If you look at that chart right there, it really does look like that 36 level is a big breakdown level. And I think you can target um, with any good news on this thing closing up to the high 30s, close to 40, where it was trading in early October. So, again, I think you want to give this some time to play out, and we'll look at February expiration. Today, when the stock was trading at 34.60, you could buy the February 35.40 call spread, paying $1 for that, buying one of the Feb 35 calls for $1.15, selling one of the Feb uh, 40 calls at 15 cents. That costs you a dollar. Your break even's at 36 bucks. Between 36 and 40, you can make up to $4. And then, obviously, between 35 and 36, you can lose up to that dollar. I like the risk reward of this trade. It gives me some time for it to play out. Option prices are fairly cheap, especially given the fact that this is going to be a newsy situation. So to me, you're risking a few percent to maybe make a lot um, in a scenario where you're not going to have any more knowledge than anybody else. But I think this thing is a better chance than the markets are predicting right now. I'm hoping regulators have the good sense to realize this is a vertical situation. That's the first thing. Secondly, they're competing with the likes of Amazon. You know, a long time ago, Office Depot and Staples wanted to get together. That was blocked. That was a ludicrous thing to do. It seems like they're always driving by looking in the rearview mirror, as far as I'm concerned, on the trust issues. The one thing I would say about the trade, I like buying the call. Selling that other one for 15 cents, I'm not so sure, because even if you spend $1.15, you know, that extra 15 cents you're going to get doesn't really add up to a whole lot. And, you know, I think this is one of those situations, you, you do this very often, you know, hold on to that thing. If it runs, then you yeah. have an opportunity to sell that at premium. Maybe what about lock in some going profits. after Time Warner again? I mean, I know you said yeah. you've tried that, but I mean, that's one that's really been... Uh, 
sort well, of Well, the tough, the tough thing is this. What if they do have to divest something? What is the new price? What if AT&T continues to go down? What is the new price? It's a cash and stock deal. So to me, I, I think that AT&T, let's just say the deal was called off. Mike knows this well. The ARBs are going to actually have to go and buy AT&T stock. I'm not telling you that that's going to be a great scenario, but maybe they look to do something, another sort of deal that maybe the, maybe the DOJ would be okay with. I mean, the corollary to this deal going through is that a deal for Fox seems almost certain. I mean, yeah. at this point, which right, is a horizontal rumor. deal, which makes which, no sense, right? Like, so you, we have. But, two but if this deal goes through, then you can see a Comcast actually coming yeah. in. Whereas if this deal doesn't go through, Comcast is yeah. almost certainly out of the picture. So I mean, that could have been another way, right, to sort of play the idea that yeah. AT&T's deal goes through. Yeah. No, that's true. No. Yeah. I mean, one thing I would also, you know, look, this is a company that has a decent bit of debt on the balance sheet, right? So that's one of the reasons why playing it with options can make some sense. Equity is going to get a little bit more volatile as a result. You have catalysts such as news coming out. You know, that's why I think it's fine to make a bullish play, but I would just go ahead and buy it. Can I make one point on the options thing? So Mike just said, well, why would you sell that 40 call at 15 cents? And I'll just tell you why. It's a week before Thanksgiving, and then it's going to be a few weeks to Christmas, and we know there's a 10-day. You know, like at the end of the day, if you're just long-holding options and this thing is not going to be doing anything, I like the idea of having that out-of-the-money call. Because even if it came in 7 cents over the next month, at some point you did have that move higher above my strike, then I could actually cover that 40 call, and I could sell a lower strike call for more premium and try Uh, to do it again. I see what you're saying we definitely are going to have a little bit of what we call vol suck going into a holiday week but the thing is those those teeny calls those really cheap call options are going to maintain some value because there is the potential for some news here and so that's the reason why the thing that doesn't appeal about the chart is that it looks identical to verizon yeah. No, I know you're thinking there's a catalyst, but I mean, if there's really, so, even if I divest, the, the fact that, that Time Warner's dropped from 104 to 86, we're back to the level before all of this happened. It seems like that's the more asymmetrical bet. Time Warner. Okay. Time Warner. Now to a group of stocks that have been surging this year. The home builders check out names like DR Horton and Pulte Group, both up more than 75% this year. Then there's Lennar up around 40%. Toll Brothers up nearly 25%. This is the home builder ETFs are trading at decade highs. But the chart master here says these stocks are on shaky ground. So Carter, why don't you break it down? Well, I'm not sure it's shaky ground. It's very firm ground. But the question is, does, does it stay firm, right? It, mm-hmm. They've been strong, right? They've been very strong. And so the question is, at some point, is it too strong? And we know we've seen that. Uh, time and time again in certain asset classes, certain stocks. And I think that at this point, we've seen a little wobble in so many areas of the market. This um, is due for that sort of thing. So here is a chart of the ITB. It's got all the names you know from Lennar to Toll uh, to D.R. Horton and others. And whether you call it a breakout or a big range from which it has finally gotten out, the breakout's occurred. And the question is, can this really go a lot further without some form of check back, check back to trend, the 150-day moving average? So let's look at um, this going back five years. What we know is that mean reversion is a powerful principle and that in uptrends or downtrends, you typically have mean reversion. You come back to trend. And so I'm going to make the bet here that this is, at this point, due for some sort of move back to trend, which is kind of how things work. All right. This is also important. This is the same ETF, ITB. Let's draw the line from right here. Now, it's gone up. We see that. How is it done compared to the market? It's made no progress. In fact, it's the exact same level it was going back to the 09 low. So, it seems to me we're up against an inherently difficult level here and that this is where you're likely to pause, not only because of the relative chart, but because of how far the absolute chart is. All right, let's pick on one. 
Big move. I'm thinking too far above trend. Uh, you can see the, the spread there. Let's do it on a longer-term basis. Again, we know that mean reversion is a powerful principle, and typically you will oscillate above and below. It seems to me the next oscillation is that way. And then there's this. This is the all-data chart. Look where we are. We're right back to the high and a little bit through the high. Before you really can exceed a high, typically you contend with the high, which is you're going to do likely that. I want to fade this. I think it's excessive. Uh, this is the largest home builder, and I think if you've got great profits in it, you have to if you own it. Take your money and run it. Mike, how are you trading Deerhorn? Yeah, this is the largest and the best performing, and obviously it's tough, as you were just pointing out, to go and spend a lot of premium. This time we're actually going to try to look to collect some. I was looking at this earlier. You could sell the January 48.50 call spread, collect 80 cents, selling the 48 calls for $1.60, buying the 50 calls for 80 cents. That's 40% of the distance between those strikes. This is something that's going to profit if the stock stays right here, if it drops, and even if it rises very, you know, very little bit. And the maximum risk, obviously, is the $1.20, the part between those strikes that we're not collecting. You know, this is, uh, you know, one of those situations where I think the relationship, basically, between the amount of premium we're collecting and the distance between those strikes actually sets up for short premium, which is hard in a low volatility environment. Do you like this trade, Dan? I, I do. And, you know, there's one word why I like it that Carter said. It was contend. And it was contending yeah, with a prior high. And what's interesting about that whole notion is, like, even if it were just to kind of contend a bit, hang out a little bit, Mike's nice. trade is the perfect trade for that scenario. So, obviously, the best case scenario would be to have a check back mm -hmm. to that prior high, and then Mike's trade is going to be golden. Um, as long as it just doesn't, you know, it, if it sticks around here, you're going to be fine. And then you get back to what we were talking about, this month-long holiday period where things may be kind of quiet. Right. Yeah, the angle's is, just too steep, right? This, and you, you have the odds of a checkback. That's why the strategy... Yeah, I mean, looking at it fundamentally, I mean, the story's generally pretty good. It is yeah. trading cheaper than the market, but that's true for this group because it is a cyclical What about, group, a, what about a, rate, a rate hike? December a rate 13th. hike would really hurt this sector, let's okay. be honest. So that's, that, coming. That, that's coming. Beyond market expectations, though. Well, that's, that's right, because much of it's baked in. in. So if yeah. you've got a company like this one, it's trading about 14 times forward earnings, obviously there's some disappointing news in the future that's been baked into the price already. But obviously it would have to be something, to your point, that is, you know, beyond what the market's expecting. Is D.R. Horton much worse in terms of the chart than ITB? Uh, ITB is equally steep. You can see that. And, and uh, DHI is a big part of the weighting. But of the big names, whether it's Toll or Lennar, MDC or PHM, Pulte, this is the most extended. Probably because, remember, this is a very small and mid-cap area. Large-cap managers can't even own this. And so uh, it's, they're, they're clustering into the one they can own because it's a certain market cap level. Oh. And that typically is a complacency issue that can go wrong. Hmm. Hmm. All right, thanks. Uh, for everything Options Action, check out the website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you are there, you can check out our Super Bowl newsletter. Dan likes to read it while he's curled up next to the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh because that's so ridiculous. So what are you waiting for? Here's what's coming up next. Shares of Square are up over 265% in the past year. But if you miss the move... We'll tell you how to get long for less than two bucks. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. 
Welcome back to Options Action. The Bitcoin boom continues as the digital currency is now up 705% year-to-date. And it's starting to seem like anything that touches it turns to gold. Check out Square, in fact, Overstock.com, the CME, CBOE, all riding the Bitcoin wave, hitting all-time or multi-year highs this week as they embrace the cryptocurrency. But if you're looking to get in on the Bitcoin boom, Professor Co has a way to play one of these names for less than $2. Mike Silver at the Plaza with his call to action. Mike. Sure. So we're going to take a look at using a call spread. Why would we use a call spread? Well, for one thing, we're taking a look at committing new capital to a stock that is trading at its highs. And secondly, we obviously have a situation where there's potential for a great deal of volatility. And we've certainly seen a lot of volatility in Bitcoin. We could certainly see it in some of these stocks as well. Why are we using a spread? Because the options premiums are similarly high. We could take a quick look here at Square. We can take a look at how much this stock has moved of late. What goes up could potentially come down. We want to obviously avoid the risk that that happens to us. And so what I was looking at, going out to January, you could buy the 45.50 call spread, spend $3 for the 45s, sell the 50s against it for $1.30. That's a net debit of $1.70, obviously a small fraction of what the stock is currently priced at. It seems like it's on a one-way ticket to the moon right here. This is a way to commit a little bit of money to the trade in case you think that ride's going to continue. What do you think of this trade, Dan? Uh, I like the trade for a whole host of reasons if you are inclined to go out and buy the stock. Okay, so here's a stock that's up 200% on the year, um, and who knows what the next 10% is going to be. So getting the entry right is really difficult. And I'll just say that, you know, one thing, if, if any of you guys are really interested in this story, two nights ago on Mad Money, Jim Cramer had Square CFO uh, Sarah Fryer on. It was a great, great interview talking about all the things. They didn't really spend any time on Bitcoin. If, if, the, if buying and selling Bitcoin on the Square Cash app becomes a thing in 2018, it'll be just kind of icing on the cake. So it's really about the secular trend towards payments, their cash app, the lending they're doing, small business in a box. So it's a great story. I can't tell you if up 200% is the place to be. What does that chart look like to you? Well, that's just it. I mean, you, when you have a... Think about the, the difference between this very steep move and the steep move in a stock that's been around 30, 40 years, meaning there are cycles in the market, bull and bear uh, markets, there are uh, recessions. And so if you have a strong stock, whether uh, it's a big name, let's take a Marriott Hotel that ultimately gets quite steep like a home builder, that's one thing. If it's a brand new security, which effectively this is, you really don't have price discovery yet. There are people that don't, haven't contended with it. Portfolio managers aren't even made it a part of their portfolio. It's just getting big enough to be in the market cap that certain people can even buy it. And so even today, exploding higher on volume like that, I would be slow to sell it if I owned it. Steep slow is to slow it. to sell it. Can oh, I, make, I would guess it, that you were going to say the opposite. No, because it's new. Meaning, it's right. one thing if you've been around and you go through a very steep period on McDonald's, ultimately you, you will mean revert. But we don't have a mean to revert to yet, right? It's still too There's new. nothing pulling it. And because okay. it's new also, it's very hard to use any kind of fundamental analysis to say, I think this thing is getting too expensive. This is a name that is trading on innovation. It's trading on promise. It's a stock that basically is what everybody thinks might become of it in the future. And that's why it's very hard to call a top in something like this. But it's also very hard to reach out and commit new money to buying the stock. And so I hear the question all the time. I'm sure you do, too. Here's How the, do I play The analog is, is Tesla. When Tesla yeah. was unknown, it, when, when you, can, you can make up any pro forma numbers, this is a guy playing with a spreadsheet. When you can make up numbers, you can have the stock go anywhere you want. And so this is still nascent. Uh, 
again, well, I, had, I just I had want to make one other point. It's also an analog. It could be Tesla last year, one of the best perform, the best performing stock in the S and P 500. It was up 250 percent in 2016. Well, it's up 100 percent this year. I mean, you think about it. It's a 130 billion dollar market cap. You know that is up dramatically in two years. So it did follow up that tremendous performance on a much bigger denominator this time around. So to me, at 17 billion, if people really buy into this story, and then there's any, well, you have take, a cult of take, personality in that case who seems to on involved? a very timely yeah. basis when new funding is required, emerge with some very sexy and exciting stories like the truck, like the supercar. And I like both of those products, by the way, and I happen to be short the name. So, you know, but in this case, uh, <laughs> so but much it, for that. But at least that one's rolled over, right? I mean, right, if you think about this, cycles. you know what the precondition for severe weakness is? It's preceding weakness. Every major give back in the stock market. In 1987, the market was already down 15, 16% before in the 73, 74 bear market, meaning Tesla's showing weakness now. It makes it more problematic. This is still pushing up aggressively new highs. It's new. Yeah, but you've got to be cognizant of the fact that Tesla has had a 35% peak to trough decline every year over the last five years. This stock has gone parabolic, okay, right, sure. and it's up 200% in a year, and it's going to have a 25 So this Without is the point doubt. of the show. We're not saying buy stock here. We're saying if you're inclined to right. buy the stock, this is a much to better way to do it. You want to yeah. continue to play this to the long side. Options are really the only way to do yes. that. You don't want to sell downside premium in this thing. Call spread is a way to mitigate the cost. Still ahead, a retail stock surging, posting its best week of the year after some surprising earnings beats, and there could be even more gains. For one name in particular, we'll tell you what that is. Plus, got a question out there? Send us a tweet to add options action. If it's nice, we'll read it later in the show. Meantime, much more options right after this. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look back at some of our open trades. Now, just last week, Dan made a contrarian call on General Electric. John Flannery seems to be the right guy to kind of rewrite this ship a little bit here. But it could be a little messy in the, uh, in the near term. And that's why I think it makes sense to actually be contrarian using options. So today when the stock was 2050, you could buy the January 2024 call spread paying $1.10 for that. Well, since then, GE shares have plunged another 9% after a tough week for the company. CEO John Flannery did disclose that he bought 60,000 shares of the stock, but failed to give a stock uh, the boost or much of a boost today, Dan. So what do you do? Yeah, it was messy. That was the whole idea. So to be contrarian, you want to kind of define your risk here. The timing of this trade was kind of weird. We uh, detailed it on a Friday afternoon. The, the news came out Monday morning. The thing was lower. So I think a lot of people who would have looked at this situation, I certainly did, you know, have it on at lower levels than we talked about. But at the end of the day, I th still think that kind of $20 to $22 range is probably makes sense for a snapback. And we're also playing for a few months here. So um, at the end of the day, um, you know, I think you're probably okay if you got in early last week on this one. We've been debating for weeks as to whether or not GE shows signs of capitulation. Right. I mean, I've tried this as well, higher up. I think there's one thing you can do when you're trying to do something dangerous, which is buying something that's falling, is to be very tight in your discipline. There's nothing wrong with trying to get long and then losing a buck and cutting it. Trying to get long, now $5 lower and cutting it. You'll lose a dollar here, a dollar, maybe three or four, but when you get that bounce, you'll make all that back and more. But be tight with your stops. What does the chart look like, though? Oh, it's just in a free fall. All right. <laughs> also last week, Mike made a bullish bet on Walmart ahead of its earnings report. Nice. Take a look at Walmart, number one, because it hit an all-time high. Number two, because the thing's trading 20 times earnings. And this is really the haves and have-nots in retail, isn't it? And the final thing is what you just talked about, which is the relatively high implied move. I was specifically looking at the November-January 92.5 call spread. 
Well, Walmart, as you know, had a winning week as the stock soared nearly 8%. So, Mike, you had the direction right. The trade structure was off. So what do you do? Yeah, so basically I was selling the magnitude of the move. The magnitude of the move actually proved to be larger. We actually sent out a tweet earlier to roll this up to the DSJAN 100 call spread. You know, fundamentally, I think uh, the story remains intact for Walmart. Yeah, I don't think anyone could have expected a 10% gap on earnings to all-time highs. But again, you know, sometimes getting too cute when you think you have the fundamental story and the technical story, you just buy the call of the call spread. Now, well, it's great, of course, but now, as this thing from Square, I'm going to make the case that this is something you trim, because this is not something that's new and unknown. There is price discovery, and Walmart now has made a fairly large move, not only absolute, but if you adjust for beta, it's ridiculously steep. Does Target look better? Worse. Worse? Well, because Target can't even come to life. I mean, that's, I mean, this has got a problem maybe because it's too good. Target just is down in the cellar and wallowing around on the floor. Ari's very vivid tonight, right, isn't he? like it. Up next, we got your tweets and the final call from the options space. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take your tweets. Our first question is from Jared, who asks, Twitter looks to be on the verge of a major breakout. What is the best way to play for upside? Dan. Uh, hey, Jared. I see the same things that you see, and I also see a fundamental change in the story. So to me, I, you know, I could see this stock in the high 20s at some point in 2018. Maybe start by looking at March expiration and considering maybe a 22-30 call spread um, in the near term that maybe costs you a buck 30, buck 40 or something like that. How's the chart look? I see the same thing that you both see. I would agree. I Listen, this has been a loser. No one's made money in it. And for the first time, it looks like a legitimate bottom. All right. Our second tweet is from Bring Back Jackie, who asks, volatility seems to be quietly returning to the market. Best way to go along a volatility trade. Mike. Yeah, so the VIX definitely a little bit higher than we would have otherwise expected. But uh, this is actually a quiet time historically. So what I would do is probably just buy some SPY puts, Jan, Feb, at the money, something like that. If you want to hedge, that's about it. All right, time now for the final call. The last word from the options, Fitz Carter. DR Horton, symbol DHI. I'm a seller. Mike. And I want to sell call spreads in DR Horton. Dan. Yeah, ATT, if you're going to be contrarian, I like February call spreads. All right, it looks like our time has expired. I'm Melissa Lee. Thanks so much for watching. For more options action, check out the website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. Meantime, Mad Money, Witch and Kramer starts right now. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.